You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe. And 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe. And worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Welcome to the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent for Family and Community Health. And like I said, this is the Extension Hour. So about all kinds of things, extension, people, programs, our partnerships. And we have a people and a partnership, both, and a program. I think that you like qualify for all of them. So we have Ashton Herring with us today. She is with MCHD, so Montgomery County Hospital, hospital district. district. I want to say health district, but hospital district, um, outreach coordinator, right? Yes. So, Yep. So say hello. Introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. Yourself. I'm Ashton, and I've been on before. So thank you mm-hmm. for having me again. You, you, you're like a pro, and and you said how much you enjoyed being on the radio. Yeah, this before. is like my dream. <laughs> this is this is great. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Ashton is like we said with the Montgomery County Hospital District. So if you don't mind, just remind us a little bit about what the hospital district is, what it does, that kind of thing. Sure. So most of us probably know um, of our ambulances. That's probably what we're most um, famous for our big white ambulances running around the county. Um, so we do provide the 911 EMS service, um, but our main charter and mission is to provide um, indigent care for Montgomery County. So that's our health care assistance program. We also have, um, we house the Montgomery County Public Health District. Um, so that's kind of maybe where you thought health district. Mm. So we house them. So we have a great partnership. Um, and so we're just kind of a lot of things in one, more than just an EMS service. And it's kind of interesting, I, I think, it's different than maybe other counties, right? Because the other counties that I've been in, I don't remember having like a hospital district, but maybe that's... Yeah. Do, do several of them have it? Yeah, so other counties, um, you might be familiar um, with uh, maybe some of the other smaller counties having a hospital district as mm-hmm. well, and, and that um, being designated for that health care assistance program, that indigent care program. Okay. So as an outreach coordinator, you do a lot of things, right? I do. I end up doing a lot of things, yeah. Um, So a lot of what I do focuses on community education and um, in turn kind of injury prevention. So that's a lot of what falls into my wheelhouse, I think. Okay. So we're going to talk about some of the things, that some issues that are... um, on the forefront of the community outreach uh, front today, um, right now. But uh, before we do that, let me, uh, before we get too far away, talk a little bit about some of the things that are going on. Yeah, all um, kinds of fun stuff at the extension office. We do. We have, we have quite a variety and just trying to getting it all to, uh, it's, it's always interesting. In fact, um, so last week, actually, we had, um, we had kind of a room full of people here. Um, we were doing what we call our program planning conference. And um, we had our supervisor and a few agents that were all here. And we were talking about kind of what it means to be an extension agent, um, how we do our program planning conference, um, our program planning process, um, how we use volunteers, just all, all, all of that, just because it's one of those things that people are like, yeah, you do that in extension and you do that in extension. I'm that way every time. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, extension office does that too? That too. So everything. Y'all do everything. We, we do Underwater basket weaving, you do it. <laughs> we, we could, probably. Yeah. But that's not... Um, so what we talked about last week is we try to find out what the what the community needs and we try to meet those needs. Um, yeah. So by utilizing um, committees and that kind of thing. Um, so like our 4-H program... You you know, there's just a whole world in 4-H that sometimes people don't realize, too. Um, so people think, if you know, the traditional 
um, cows and pigs. And <laughs> yeah. I was the same way. And then I learned you do robotics mm-hmm. and um, kind of some of those, um, is it STEAM programs mm-hmm. and all kinds of good stuff. Yep, STEAM and STEM, either one. Um, actually, there's a 4-H STEM lab that's coming up. And so Justin Sines is our urban youth development agent. And he's like, He's like really gotten into this these science projects, and yeah. he's always like in his office testing things and coming around and getting everyone to <laughs> just showing us what he's been working on. Um, so he's been doing a series of workshops for um, 4-H members to um, promote the STEM projects and the kinds of things that they can do with that. So um, he had this uh, right before Halloween. He had this great um, workshop that he. Um, he did like lots of glow-in-the-dark stuff and experiments, and yeah. so this next one is going to be called Arcs and Sparks, and um, oh. he was like developing Tesla coils yeah. in, in the office and testing those out. So he's going to have them do some work with that. So cool. that's um, on Tuesday, uh, November twenty-sixth. Um, I'll start at six thirty. Um, and so you need to be a 4-H member to participate, but it's really easy to join 4-H. So there's you can do that um, and come to this uh, workshop. And then there, he's got one more scheduled that he'll do in December. Um, and then also they're doing a 4-H fashion and interior design workshop. Very cool. Another thing that people don't always know that's part of 4-H. And that will be on um, actually the Tuesday before. So this Tuesday coming up, uh, November 19th. And that'll be at 6.30. Again, this one's just going to be kind of an informational meeting, but definitely you can sign up for 4-H and come on out to this workshop. Now, is all this on your Facebook page? You go to your website? How do people find out about your... How to sign up. Yep. So uh, there's a Facebook page. So it's Montgomery County 4-H. And then also there's a Texas A&M AgriLife Montgomery County Facebook page as well, which like we're on Facebook Live right now as we speak. So hi, Hi, everybody on Facebook. (laughs) Surprise. Um, Yeah. So we share information on that one as well. And then uh, there's a county web page and yeah, there's lots of ways to get information. Um, they also do a newsletter that they send out. But Facebook page is probably that's where everybody gets their information yeah. nowadays. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and then so one more workshop that uh, Justin's working on is called a meat science workshop. So it's about um, judging meat and looking for different cuts of meat, quality of meat. Um, so mostly mostly beef, but it can be other types of meat yeah. as well. Um, and the fun thing about that one is it's going to also include grilling. So a grilling 101 workshop. Oh, that's I probably need to take that kind of class. Well, so I can't grill. <laughs> we've been talking about doing one for adults as well. So yeah. that may be something that we have yeah. coming up in or the I future. Or I could just be a big kid. You could. Yes. Totally could. <laughs> uh, we always need volunteers to yeah. help. So yeah. definitely. I've learned so much about the food judging process through working with y'all and mm-hmm been volunteering at the Montgomery County non-livestock show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot. It's not just like this tastes good or this yep. is pretty. It's it, There's a lot more. Like when I eat food, I just I want it to taste good and <laughs> usually be the right temperature. But mm-hmm. there's a lot more that goes into it. And it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a big deal. We right. have lots, lots of great competitors here in Montgomery County. Oh, for sure. Yep. Lots of competitive personalities. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah the grilling. So there's actually, they have... Um, we're going to borrow grills. There's a program that we have that's called Path to the Plate. And um, there's they've purchased grills. So they're just kind of your basic grill, which is really kind of all you need. A lot of folks kind of think that they need these really fancy grills to be able to grill. Um, but these are these work perfect. So the Grilling 101 workshop just kind of goes through, you know, what's the best way to set that up and um, 
and then after they've learned about cuts of meat, then they know um, how to make the, the meat taste good and be tender and all of that good stuff. So Very cool. Lots of stuff going on for y'all. Yeah. So that workshop is um, on November 23rd. Um, so that's a Saturday, and that's going to be 9.30 to 1, 9.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. So, yep, lots going on in 4-H, but let's talk about what's going on with you. Okay. So, I, I you know, I um, we got cold here in Texas a few days ago, <laughs> right. uh, which was surprising for all of us. I had, I'm had i a new home, homeowner, and I had to go run to Home Depot at 8 o'clock at night and get things to wrap my pipes and all these new things I, I haven't had yeah. to do ever. And, um and so you probably all turned your heaters on for the first time and realized like, oh, smells like a just turned my heater on. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that reminded a lot of people um, to check their smoke alarms. Um, and if you haven't been reminded to check your smoke alarms, I am here to remind you to <laughs> um, make sure that we are changing the batteries and smoke alarms. Um, and so we don't want anybody's house to catch on fire and them most definitely not be. Uh, alerted and getting out of there on time. So um, our goal is to make sure everyone has a, a proper working smoke alarm in their home. And um, I'm actually promoting, I'm, I'm not a firefighter. I know that's shocking. Um, uh, so my smoke alarms are like my my biggest form of outreach. Um, everything else I refer to the fire department. But um, I did score the best on our fire extinguisher challenge. Yeah. But uh, that was it. Um, <laughs> but the Montgomery County Fire Marshal's Office um, is helping uh, across the whole county. So there, are, if you have a need for a smoke alarm in your home, um, you aren't sure if it's working, um, maybe you need new smoke alarms installed, maybe you can't afford those smoke alarms, maybe you just need help changing the batteries because you have tall ceilings. Um, <laughs> if you reach out to the Montgomery County uh, Fire Marshal's Office, they are going to assign you to your local fire department and make sure that that need is met. So um, you can get a hold of them and uh, and put that request in. Their phone number is 936-538-8288. You know, just unfortunately, this is the time of year where we start to see potentially more house fires. So those smoke alarms are really important to alert you to get up and get out of your home. Obviously, reach out for help. uh, Call the local fire department at 911 to uh, address that. But the smoke alarms are what gets everybody up and out of the house. Uh, which is the most important. So making sure those are working, making sure those are um, installed is very, very, very important. You know how I know that mine are working? When you cook. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yep. They they cheer for me like at least once or twice a month. I'm like, yay, she's cooking again. Uh, Again, new homeowner. um, I had to learn the difference between a smoke alarm and a smoke sensor the other Mm -hmm. night. So about, um, I don't know, 11, 12 o'clock in the evening, um, this just horrific noise started and I, when I moved, had the fire department come out and change my batteries. I have really tall ceilings and, um, I didn't own a ladder at the time. So they were gracious enough to come and change all my batteries out for me. So I was thinking, there's no way that this is a battery in my smoke alarm. I just did this. Um, and it was lots of phone calls and frustration and I think even tears, um, to figure out the difference between a smoke sensor and a smoke alarm. So the smoke sensor is what's uh, hardwired to my alarm system to call the alarm company. Okay. The smoke alarm is what beeps to wake you up and get you out of the house. So there was a difference in my mm-hmm. home, and I learned that the hard way. Ah, so kind of the hard way. <laughs> it sounds like um, an adventure. Uh, it's been an adventure um, for me 
Definitely. <laughs> so how did how would people know the, the difference of what they have in their home? Um, I just started taking batteries out of things until mm -hmm. it stopped chirping. That's really how I found out. And then I did it while I was on the phone with the alarm company. And that they were like, whatever you just did, that fixed it. Or, or it, it changed something. And so that's how I knew that's what needed to be replaced. Yeah. But And uh, so that was part of your home security system? Yeah, it is part of my home oh, security okay. system. So that, that smoke sensor is what notifies the fire uh, the alarm company and then the fire department should something happen and I'm not home to, to do so. Okay. Um, and then the smoke alarms are just what go off to tell you, hey, your house is potentially on fire get, <laughs> or you're cooking very poorly. Uh, get out. <laughs> cooking again. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. We could, we could tell we could tell more stories, um, but we're going to take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about some of the things going on at the Montgomery County Hospital District. We've yes. got Ashton Herring, who is the community outreach coordinator. Um, it's always full of really good information. So we'll be back in just a minute. Family and community health programs provide science-based education designed to improve the overall health and wellness of individuals, families, and communities. Developed by experts and delivered locally. Topics include child and adult health, nutrition, child care, financial management, passenger and community safety, and building strong families. All encouraging lifelong health and well-being for every person, every family, and every community. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension helping Texans make their lives better. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at one o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Welcome back. I'm Amy Ressler, and this is the Extension Hour. And um, Ashton and I were just having some uh, good conversation during the break here, talking about uh, the, the smoke alarms or the sensors and trying to figure out. So mine is sometimes I feel like it's possessed or something. So like um, changing the batteries is really important in your smoke yeah, alarms, absolutely. right? So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not 
I, I, I try to practice what I preach, but you know, sometimes I get distracted. <laughs> so I knew it was probably time to change the batteries. They, when they started making this noise, just neat, neat, neat. Mm -hmm. And then um, we ended up taking out like, all the batteries out, but they were still making noise, even when we tried. Yeah, so there no no batteries in them, but it's still making noise. So it could have been my security system. It's not active. I probably shouldn't say that out loud, but you know, whatever. So it um, it's it's installed, but it's anyway. I don't know what happened, but it was just possessed. You know who can help you with that problem? Who your local firefighters? <laughs> I you know what they are pros at this stuff, and um, you can call the Montgomery County Fire Marshal's office and have somebody come out and take a look. Maybe help you out with changing the batteries. Um, you know, there's a lot of different products on the market. And so navigating that can be difficult. And I think sometimes it's just best to ask the professionals, especially yeah. when you're talking about your safety, your home safety, all that good stuff. Like maybe just leave it to the pros. That's probably, <laughs> that's a good idea. I know. So, and they, they do this for, for free. Yeah. So yeah. it's, I mean, um, it's, I, I guess it's kind of, uh, giving, working them out of a job. No, uh, but it, it makes their job easier, right? right. So, um, we'd rather you get up and get out of the house, um, and know that everybody's out if your house is on fire than the alternative, right? So, um, I think it's a selfish effort for us as emergency responders, but also, I mean, gosh, your, your family, your loved ones, your pets, your, your home, it's just a, a good thing to protect, you know, mm -hmm. things you care about. And so I think it's, um, it's something we all should be, I think, more aware of. And I know it's hard to practice what we preach sometimes, but just being good about staying on top of those things. Um, I think they do like the reminder um, when the time change is mm -hmm. like a good time to change your batteries. So I think right. you pick one, spring forward or fall back, and that's a good time to change your smoke alarm batteries. They make 10-year smoke alarms now. So if you're like me and maybe every year is a little too hard to remember. Um, they make smoke alarms that are 10 year battery now. And so you just oh. install the whole device and you replace the whole device every 10 years. Okay. Some people have, you know, hardwired with battery backup, but there's mm -hmm. just a lot of different things. And again, letting the professionals navigate that is probably the best. Okay. So tell me again, who do I call? I'm going to write this down. Yeah. Montgomery <laughs> County Fire Marshal's office. Fire Marshal. And the phone number is 936-538- 8288 and they will direct you and assign your um i guess your case or whatever to, to the your appropriate fire department where you live okay and it's it's not like asking for too much because to, this is part of what they what yeah, they I mean, do so. again same like working kind of get working inside of a job a little bit yeah. but for a very very good reason preventing um uh, injuries and fatalities in house fires is a is a great mission so another one of those things that um, is a service for the residents of Montgomery Absolutely. County that you may or may not know about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So other things that um, people may not know about is all the things that uh, you do with uh, Montgomery County Hospital District. So we've talked about smoke alarms, but also you were telling me about Pulse Point Community CPR. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, we've come on here and we've talked about CPR before and um, it's a mission that's really near and dear to our hearts. Um teaching people how to, to be the first first responder and teaching people how to intervene in an emergency. I think, um, you know, we've talked about ambulances aren't going to get a whole lot faster. People still have to pull to the right and stop. If you were on 45 last night, you would know the traffic was horrendous. So there are things that prevent us from getting to emergencies in a, you know, in a faster manner than we already do. And mm -hmm. I think we do a really good job of getting there pretty quickly. Um, but those, those minutes before we get there, those are still really important. Um, and so knowing CPR and being able to perform CPR in those few minutes while you're waiting for emergency responders is so vital. Um, and so we, we do offer community CPR classes. Um, you can take a heart saver CPR 
AED and or first aid course for free at the hospital district. But now to kind of go above and beyond that, we're going to start, I guess, for the lack of a better word, crowdsourcing CPR. So we are launching this new app. It's called Pulse Point. Um, you can download it in the App Store, uh, Google Play, or the Apple um, App Store. And Pulse Point Respond is what it, it's a red um, logo. If you if you look for it, search for it in the app. Mm-hmm. And um, when you download it, you enroll in CPR notifications. And so if you're within a quarter mile of a cardiac arrest that happens in a public area, kind of like where we are today, so say we have a cardiac arrest in this building, um, it would notify an app user that somebody nearby needs CPR. And it basically dispatches you as a um, bystander who's trained in CPR Hmm. to go help. So let's say um, across the street somebody needs CPR. That app will go off. It makes a lot of noise, so it's very um, identifiable. Mm -hmm. And you hit that you're going to respond, and you could go save a life. Um, oh, and you wow. think, you know, walking across the street is a whole lot faster than, you know, the time it might take for um, emergency responders to arrive. So we're mm-hmm. decreasing that time it takes to get CPR to that person, which, of course, could help improve their chances of survival. Right. And is that, um, does it provide reminders of how to do CPR? So I'm certified, yeah. right? Just got the certification not long ago. Never, ever had to use it, sure. um, which I guess is a good thing. But right. um, so this fear that I have personally is that somebody's going to need CPR and I'm going to forget how to do it or, you know, what? Yeah. what is the count? So, you know, it's I, actually a really good question. Mm-hmm. It, it does have um, a how to in there awesome. just as like a, a reminder, um, even for CPR and for AEDs. Um, so another really great feature of this product is that it's going to locate you to the nearest AED as well. So if one yeah. of these businesses or um, uh, public um, entities had an AED nearby, it's going to direct somebody to that AED as well. So maybe somebody in Conroe Tower is um, gets the same notification. They can grab an AED there and respond as well um, with CPR trained people. And so it's, I mean, it's, we're creating, we're crowdsourcing CPR mm-hmm. and we're creating responders out of the public, which is amazing when you think about saving a life. Right. Because seconds literally matter yeah. you know the sooner that person that needs it gets it the, yeah. the better their chances of survival mm-hmm. we you know, know every minute that somebody goes without cpr and cardiac arrest their chance of survival decreased by as much as 10 percent. that's for every minute yeah. so you think um our average response time for a fire truck in this part of town is probably between five uh, around five minutes i would say mm-hmm. um it's pretty densely populated, so you have a lot of resources nearby. But again, that's assuming that they're not on another call and that the closest fire truck is coming and everybody pulls to the right and stops. And there's not a crash you know, between here and there mm-hmm. or intersection and congestion and things like that. So in a perfect world, five minutes, even still with no CPR for five minutes, that's potentially 50% chance of survival gone um, just by not getting CPR, mm-hmm. something so easy. Um, and so it's just bringing those resources to where they're needed. Um, just like you would dispatch an ambulance or a fire truck or law enforcement, um, we're dispatching the bystanders to these public incidents. And I know he's going to come knocking on your door. It's not sending you to homes and things like that. But these are for public cardiac arrests. So places where they happen often, like churches, gyms, schools even, mm-hmm. um, where, we, where we do see a larger number of cardiac arrests and those types of entities, um, we're now bringing resources to the patient in need. 
And uh, you mentioned the AED. So yeah. remind people what that is and what that what that's yeah. for. So an AED is an automated external defibrillator. Um, and so that's the other part of Pulse Point. So um, it's it's logging those AED resources. So an automated external defibrillator, they're very common. They're becoming more popular. Um, if you've traveled at all, you'll see them all over airports. Um, they're required in schools and other t- public buildings. So um, that's, that is a device that's going to provide electricity to a patient who needs it, who has an abnormal heart rhythm to restore, hopefully, a normal heart rhythm. And um, they're pretty user-friendly. I, uh, I like to give them to children because children can work smartphones, which are a lot more complicated than AEDs. Um, and I let them figure it out themselves. There's very few buttons. It's very clear, precise directions. Um, and so they've, they've been made to be user-friendly, and they're a fantastic resource for somebody who needs it. So an AED works with CPR to hopefully um, restore a normal heart rhythm and um, hopefully save a life. That's the goal. Okay. And so if someone is interested in becoming certified for CPR, how would they do that? So they can go online to our website, www.mchd-tx.org. So mchd-tx.org. And um, you can click on our calendar of events and find a CPR class. I recommend, unless you're a healthcare professional, that you sign up for the Heart Saver CPR and AED course. All right. And so, and there's other... um, Entities too that provide that, but um, definitely the hospital yeah, districts. Yeah, some of our are the yeah, best. some of our local fire departments yeah. are teaching CPR. Um, there's there are a lot of resources out there. Yeah. Um, we just you know we want to make sure you get CPR certified. It doesn't really matter where you go, but mm-hmm. just getting that education. And of course, once you learn CPR, download that Pulse Point app, um, enable your CPR notifications, and hopefully you will be called on one day to help save a life. Yeah, that like <laughs> I yeah that makes me. Makes me a little nervous, but I do feel confident that I've been trained and yeah. and the the rhythm, the like the staying alive, staying alive, yeah, hundred per minute is that hundred to hundred and ten compressions a minute. Yeah. So, so yeah. I remember that part. Yeah, or um, everybody loves that new Baby Shark song. Uh-huh. Sorry for everybody out there that now yeah, it's stuck yeah. in their head, but <laughs> yeah. that's also a good one for CPR. Uh, yeah, okay. you're welcome. Yep, good to know. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, let me tell you, uh, we're gonna just. This is an awkward segue, but I do got to tell you about some of the other stuff that's happening um, in Extension or at the Extension office. We've got um, some stuff going on with the Agriculture Department. So Brandon Gregson is our ag agent, and one of the things that he does is provide um, CEUs or continuing education units for people who have a pesticide applicator license. They have to maintain um, their licensing, so they have to do a lot of continuing education to make sure that they're up on everything that needs to um be that they need to be aware of um, when they're working with pesticides. So there is a um, the Southeast Texas Town and Country CEU seminar, and that's uh, for recertification. So that's um, if um, someone has, for whatever reason, let their um, license lapse. This will help them get um, back on track with that. So that's going to be um, December 12th, and it will be there at um, our office, at the Extension office, so at 9020 Airport Road. It's going to start um, that morning, like at 730, with registration, and it goes on through about um, 3 o'clock, and then they do um, testing to make sure that um, the things that they've uh, taught have stuck. Kind of like with the CPR training, you have to yeah. do testing before yeah. you actually get your um, your little card. It's just reinforcement, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Reinforcement. And then um, there's also um, 
a horsemanship clinic that's coming up, and that is um, the Fall Horsemanship Clinic. And that's actually, uh, yeah, tomorrow. It's Saturday, November 16th. Um, it'll be 1 to 4 p.m., and that's actually going to be held at um, 1429, wait, sorry, 14920 Farm to Market 2854 in Montgomery um, is where that's happening. And if you would like more information about either one of those, um, you can definitely call the Extension Office. So 936-539-7822 is one of our numbers. We have several numbers. (laughs) We do have lots of numbers. (laughs) We do. You get there uh, eventually. It's right. It all goes to the same same place, and there's like a menu system, and you can kind of get through that. But, um, yeah, so the Horse Committee has lots of uh, great things that they're doing. So, and that also reminds me that we had some of the folks from the Horse Committee on the show um, a couple months ago, and if someone's interested in learning more about that and what they do, um, all of our shows are actually podcast um, on YouTube and on Apple uh, Play, or I guess it's Google Play, Apple Podcast, um, and then they're on the station's website, um, so you can go back and listen to them, uh, find out more information. And so somebody is also saying, now, what did she say about what was the name of that app? Um, you can go back and find it in this yeah. this uh, presentation that Pulse we have. Point, by the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the way, it is it is Pulse Point. P-U-L-S-E-P-O-I-N-T. Sometimes I say things and I think that it makes total sense, and then it um, you know doesn't sound the and then same. you spoke latin or something <laughs> right yeah yeah I was trying to, there's something that i said the other day and someone just looked at me like what did you say and i don't even know what i said actually i was leaving a, a voicemail for someone too and i left my um uh, cell phone number when i meant to leave my um work number and i said and then you press four to get to family and community health and jenny goes you just gave them your cell phone <laughs> jenny's my assistant and she was in the other office and i was like oh did I really? I didn't even realize I had done that. Yeah. Anyway, it's hard when you have yeah. all of phone numbers. Yeah, I know. yeah. That, that was total. That was a total side story. Uh, I digress. Um, but speaking of Jenny, uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, car seats. So Jenny is also a car seat yeah. technician, and that's one of the things that we love um, partnering with the hospital district and with Ashton. Um, so we'll talk about that when we come back. But we're going to take a break, and you're listening to the Extension Hour right here on Lone Star Radio. to need me. You're going to need us. All of us. You're going to need our help with your water, your air, your food. You're going to need our determination, our compassion. You're going to need the next generation of leaders to face the challenges the future will bring. And we promise we'll be there when you need us. Today, 4-H is growing the next generation of leaders. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary, located in Grand Central Park by appointment only, is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. 
Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Welcome back to the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Ressler, and I've got Ashton Herring with me, and we're talking about all kinds of things safety-related um, because Ashton is the Community Outreach Coordinator for Montgomery County Hospital District, and that's one of the things that you do is yeah. safety education, letting people know um, things that are happening. So speaking of things that are happening, um, so our Montgomery County Master Gardener Association, they're very active. There's about 420. That's of, amazing. Uh, yeah, and they, they are amazing people as well. So they take care of all the gardens around our office, and they do a lot of community outreach, teaching people about um, gardening. And so um, I mentioned before we went to break about um, how the show is podcast, and you can go back and listen to um, recordings. So a couple of weeks ago, we had Sharon Walker on the show, and we talked. Um, we kind of went through their whole 2020 schedule. They have so many great classes scheduled. So um, once a month, they've got scheduled to do um, a series of classes um, that are open for the public. So whoever is interested, um, and I think that it's usually the third Saturday. Saturday of the month, and I may be lying on that, but you can go back and check the podcast. Or they've got a um, they've got a website, so mcmga.org, and then um, they've got their Facebook page. Uh, so lots of good ways to get information about what's going on with them as well. But I um, went through the whole schedule. What they do um, on that Saturday, they'll have two classes, so one at eight thirty and then one at ten. Um, and folks can come to either one or both. Um, there's a nominal charge for it. It's like $5 for one and $8 for both that covers some um, hands-on activities and um, refreshments and those kinds of things. But like lots of really great topics that they have scheduled. They also um, have their plant sales that'll come up. So they do a fruit and nut tree sale, which will happen in January. Then um, in March, usually they have their um, spring plant sale and then in the fall they have their fall plant sale. I need so, to get on, on these plant sales. Yeah they so really good nice quality plants yeah. um, because most of them many of them have been raised there like in the greenhouse by the master gardeners they've um, been tended to and then some of them they do need to bring in from other sources but they're making sure that um, what they bring in comes from a quality reliable source and that um, they're good quality plants um, that they'll sell as well and then the other advantage to those plant sales is that the master gardeners are there so you can ask them any kind of questions yeah. that you need to ask about you know how to I mean, how do I keep how this do I thing not alive? bring this home to die? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, because that happens to, to, to some of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, like I said, so the one before the uh, podcast that we had previously with Sharon Walker has all kinds of great information. So that's what's going on with them. Um, also, before the break, we started talking about Jenny Adams. She's um, the Family and Community Health Coordinator at yes. our office. And um, a few years ago, we were um, talking about uh, our need. Like I mentioned before, we try to serve the needs of the community. And there's a lot of need for car safety passenger technicians. I said that wrong. Passenger safety technicians. Yeah, car child safety, passenger safety. Child technician. passenger safety. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I had been certified for a little while, but um, 
also got Jenny certified, and she yeah. has just been a great help. And JennyTheBomb.com. Um, she, She's so great. She is. We call her Super Jenny sometimes. Yeah, that's probably yeah. an accurate description yeah. of Jenny, actually. So one of the things that um, she's been doing is going out and helping you with um, yeah. the car seat checks that you do there at the hospital district. Yes. So we offer pretty regular um, car seat checks. They're, it's a free service. Um, it takes about 30 minutes per seat. Um, but be, making sure it's installed correctly. There's a lot that goes to it. Um, you know, I think a lot of times they send you home from the hospital, you have a crying baby and a 64 page car seat manual and they say, bring it back in a few days for a checkup. So, um, good luck. And so that's where <laughs> we come in, right? Um, hopefully we can catch parents before they have kiddos so we can, uh, make sure that the first moment that baby is in the car seat, they're safe. Um, and then that way we can even, um, I have lots of families that come back and see us for every step of their car seat. So we have regulars, which I love. Um, mm. But even if you have existing children and you're just like, I'm not so sure that this car seat is in right, you know, I'll get the phone call. When I turn a corner, the car seat falls over. Is that supposed to happen? <laughs> no, it's not. Mm -hmm. um, but let us help. Um, it is, it is a judgment-free zone. It is a free service. Um, but I think you just don't know what you don't know when it comes to car seats. Um, and unless you're uh, familiar with all the verbiage and you've read that 64-page car seat front to back um, and just really been diligent, sometimes it's, I mean, not even sometimes, a lot of times it's mm -hmm. difficult. Yeah. Sometimes when you've read that whole manual, it's still. It's still difficult. Yeah, yeah. Right. A lot of technical um, stuff. I mean, to be a child passenger safety technician, it's a 40-hour class. Um, so we weren't just like, we really love car seats. Like, we got bombarded with every minor detail of, a, of what makes up a car seat. Um, and then learned how to use them correctly and then learn how to sell them in vehicles correctly. And each car seat is so different. So just because maybe one you got right, it might mean that the next one, you know, could be different. So um, just a lot that goes into it. And it's always good to have that peace of mind, especially right now we're coming up on a big travel season. People are driving. Um, even if you're flying, you still have to, you know, maybe use a vehicle when you get where you're going. So just making sure your car seats are being used correctly and that your kiddos are safe in the vehicle. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a combination, right? So the, the seat, the child, and the car, yep. and how those things fit together. Yep. And so once you figure that out, it, it it's pretty easy, yeah. but figuring that out can take a little bit of work. Mm -hmm. And so those car seat checks do, like you said, it probably about 30 minutes. So it's yeah. not that you just come up and um, the car seat tech just puts it in for you and sends you on your way. Yeah. The goal is let's teach the parents how to do it so sure. that their kids can be safe every time. Right. And it's, it is a hands-on thing. So you got to kind of come and prepare to, to get in the car and help the technician um, with the installation and learn and, and be hands-on. And, um, and that's because at whatever time of day your child decides to dump a bottle of insert whatever liquid here, have a blowout diaper there. We're not going to be around um, to help put that car seat in when you have to take it out and clean it. So mm -hmm. I know a lot of times we'll, parents will leave us or families will leave us and they'll say, we're never taking this car seat out, but you probably are going to have to take it out at some yeah. point. So um, we just want to make sure you know how to use it correctly. And, um, and, and like you said, each and every time, I think that's the, that's the important part is mm -hmm. you're using it correctly 
every time your child gets in it. Which reminds me of the answer to the question, what's the best car seat? I know, and I get asked that all the time. And, and while I do have my personal favorites, the best car seat is um, is the one that you uh, fits your child's needs, right? It fits your child's height, weight, and developmental level. Um, and you can use it correctly every time. It can be installed in your vehicle correctly every time. You know, sometimes people try to go buy the biggest, best, most expensive car seat, and mm. n- none of those things necessarily mean you know, just because it's the biggest or the most expensive doesn't necessarily mean it's the best. But um, then they drive a, you know, a Ford Fiesta, for example, a very tiny car and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it doesn't fit. So that's not necessarily the best car seat because it's not going to work for that vehicle. Right, right. And then the one of the things that I learned recently when I went to, um, to get continuing education hours um, to maintain my certification was that everything that they go through with the manufacturing process yeah. is just amazing and how yeah. much it's tested. And so a question that we get often is, well, why can't I do... Blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, because usually because it hasn't been tested that sure. way and you yeah. don't want to take the risk. Right. I mean, you see car seat manufacturers that are testing car seats even after things like is their shipping packaging safe to, you know, ship, you know, through the wear and tear of shipping and, and things like that. So, I mean, the, a lot of details go into manufacturing a car seat um, and it's very costly to run those crash tests. And so they just don't do the the what ifs, right? Well, what mm-hmm. if I do it this way? Or what if I do it that way? Like, it's just not feasible to test all those what ifs because of how costly and how, in, uh, I guess, intense that process mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, and so they just, we just don't know because they don't crash test it that way. And so they've tested it so many times because literally there's a life on the line yeah, with absolutely. that testing. And so they want to know that mm-hmm. those absolutely work. So what's a common mistake that you see that parents um, so when I think in our rear-facing kiddos, I think um, a big mistake is we see families turning uh, children forward too soon, right? Mm-hmm. The American Academy of Pediatrics revised their statement on rear-facing car seats um, in October of 2018 to say that a child should remain rear-facing as long as possible. So they want you to hit all of those milestones of each car seat before you move to that next step. Um, and so a lot of times parents or caregivers will get in a hurry to flip around forward-facing, um, but rear-facing is truly best. Mm-hmm. Um, we also see a lot of problems no matter what what age group, what rear forward-facing, um, in the harnessing, you know, the positioning of that chest clip, making sure it's at the armpit level where it needs to be, um, and, you know, you'll see harnesses twisted and loose and, and things like that. So a lot of harnessing issues. And then for forward-facing kids, of course, our, our biggest misuse there is um, the failure to use that top tether. So that tether that hooks behind the back of the car seat yeah, that other little to the thing back of the vehicle seat or behind the vehicle seat, right? And so, um, you know, uh, if, if you don't know what I mean by top tether, then you need to make an appointment. <laughs> yes. If you just went, huh? <laughs> That's when it's time to, to call uh, your local child passenger safety right. technician and get that sorted. Because often I've, I, there's been a few times that I've had people go, oh, that's what that's, that's, what that's for. for. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, what absolutely. that's for. And I think a, another thing that's kind of confusing, um, what you were mentioning about rear facing, um, is uh, recently there was a little bit of a controversy. So Texas state law says that they have to stay rear facing until they're one. Um, but there's a difference between what the state law says and the law of physics. Yeah, actually, the state law doesn't even have a law that says Um, one. Yeah, the state law says that um, a child has to be in a car seat until they are or booster seat until they're at least eight years old or four foot nine inches. There's no law in Texas that dictates rear facing. 
other than where proper use states. So okay. most of those car seats are going to say you have to rear face until one. Um, and so that's where the labeling on the car seats and everything else gets really important um, because now some car seats are changing their labels to say you cannot use this car seat forward facing until the child is at least two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where the enforcement of what is legal and what is not comes into play. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's the, confusing, right? That's it's why you very need somebody confusing. to help navigate that system. <laughs> yes. Um, the, cause the proposed law was to say until two, two. to mm-hmm. specify. And so it's not specified. It just stays the way it is best use. Yep. Um, but that depends on what the manufacturer label right. says. And then again, whether it, the label says it or not, uh, it, yeah, and then there's We'd the physics be, and, the, yeah. and the best practices. And, mm-hmm. and of course, when you're talking about your precious little human, mm-hmm. best practices, I think, tend to favor the safety of your precious little human. Right, right, for sure. Um, so the other thing that can happen, too, is, um, you know, we're not accustomed to the cold weather right. <laughs> around here. And so we're kind of getting in a hurry and we want to put the kid in really fast and maybe don't go through yeah. all of the steps. So um, and then also there is a concern about how to keep the kids warm. Um, so coats and car seats is another yeah. issue. So this is like a very brief time of year for us here in Texas. <laughs> but the time of year where you break out your coats, especially for the kiddos, because they're more inclined to be cold um, than we are. And uh, and so a lot of times we see caregivers putting the child in the coat and then putting the coat plus child in the car seat. And um, and when you that comes to harnessing that child now who's in a big puffy coat, um, that harness isn't making contact with everything it's supposed to be. So when you think about it, you know, uh, well, let's use the um, marshmallow jackets, like I call them, the big puffy <laughs> jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of air and a lot of um, give in those jackets so now you've put that harness down on the child and there's still all that padding in that coat um, and now you're not getting a proper harness fit so potentially the child could be ejected from the harness because it's loose it has a lot of slack in it or there's a lot of movement of that child in the car seat whereas we want to typically reduce that movement of the child in the car seat so um, the best way to keep your kiddo warm um, but also put them safely in their vehicle in their car seat is to put the child in the harness system with a thin layer of clothing on you know long sleeves are fine Um, it's just all that bulky clothing Um, and then putting I like to put the coat on backwards so you put the the back in the front really and put it over their arms Um, there are some products on the market that are like car seat coats. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that it necessarily stays that cold in Texas, but (laughs) if you were interested in looking into those types of products, those could be beneficial. Um, you know, I think uh, also most moms could probably agree when you birth a child, you get, I don't know, 8,000 baby blankets. So (laughs) using those baby blankets, um, to, uh, pat them, Mm -hmm. you know, so if you weren't somebody who, got a bunch of baby blankets when you had a kiddo, um, find somebody who did. I'm sure there's moms hanging on to lots of baby blankets. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, using that. So putting the kid in the car seat in that thin layer of clothing, using the blankets to on the, uh, not in between the harness and the child, right? That would defeat right. the purpose, but padding or, or covering the kid around them right. and keeping them warm. So my, my daughter and uh, my grandbabies live. You have cute grandbabies. I know. They're the, they're the most adorable. Yeah. Um, and I could talk about that for a while. But my point is uh, they live um, north of Buffalo, New York. Oh, so it's really so, cold. Yeah, it's really cold there. Yeah. And so that is the, you know, we've talked a lot about um, car seats. And, you know, my, the four-year-old sure. just recently got turned around to be forward-facing. Yeah. Um, 
And then the one-year-old, who is as big as the four-year-old. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he's definitely still rear-facing. Yeah. Um, okay, but sorry, I'm getting a, kind of ahead of myself. Our, uh, we need to take a little break. Okay. We're going to come back. We're going to have some last thoughts with um, Ashton all about winter safety and some of the, um, we'll just kind of reiterate everything that we've talked about. So hang on. We'll be right back. AgriLife Extension Service is all about extending knowledge and providing solutions. We do that by using science-based information to create high quality and relevant education for the people of Texas. More importantly, this outstanding education is delivered locally, right here in our county. We encourage lasting and effective change that helps our communities and our county thrive. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Bell Institute, a 501c3 nonprofit, began in 2014 with a mission to strengthen the future of veterans through leadership and entrepreneurship training. We've invested over 1,400 hours of training in our veterans while connecting them with community entrepreneurs and leaders. Our mission is to continue investing in our veterans who have given so much for our country. Please join us in our mission by visiting vellinstitute.org. That's velinstitute.org. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. And welcome back to the Extension Hour here with a few last thoughts in our uh, segment. Let me tell you some things that's happening in family and community health. So we're doing a, a Families Reading Everyday Project. We've been doing it at the local Head Starts, which is awesome. But we're doing kind of a community-wide one with uh, the YMCA Conroe. So there's still time to sign up for that. Um, we want families to start logging their time uh, that they spend reading as a family um, this Sunday. So there's still time to sign up. And you can kind of backtrack it within the first week or so if you'd like to. And then another thing that's happening, uh, we've talked a little bit about continuing education. Um, that's important for pesticide applicators, for child passenger safety technicians, and then also child care providers have to have um, continuing education. And so there's a conference tomorrow in Bryan, and we host this as a multi-county. Um, so we've got several um, coming over from Montgomery County to go to that um, child care conference so that they can get the CEUs that they need. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions about any of the uh, programs that I've mentioned that we're doing at the Extension Office, definitely you can give us a call, 936-539-7825 or 22. There's lots of numbers. Um, but we've been visiting with Ashton, uh, Montgomery County Hospital District uh, Community Outreach Coordinator, and talked about lots of cool things. So Ashton, just kind of, let's recap some of the things that 
are on your mind today? Yeah. So winter is coming or winter's mm-hmm. already here. <laughs> um, so get your smoke alarms checked to make sure they are the batteries replaced. They're working. If you need help. Call, call the, the fire Montgomery, marshal. Yeah, call <laughs> Montgomery County Fire Marshal's office. They would love to um, get you in touch with your local fire department um, that responds to your area and get that sorted for you um, because super important, right? Um, so 936-538-8288. Lots of eights in there. But <laughs> give them a call and um, and get that situated. Um, please, please, please help um, help us help you, right? I think uh, we want to prevent any unnecessary injuries or, and deaths this year from fires. So um, make sure your smoke alarms are working properly. Um, car seats, you can come see us for a car seat appointment. Um, you can make that appointment online mm-hmm. at it's um, www.mocokids.org. So M-O-C-O-K-I-D-S dot O-R-G. We have a few appointments left for the end of the year before the holidays come of course, then our offices are closed and there's nobody there. So if you're expecting a child or you're trying to get prepared to go for the holidays, traveling, uh, make sure you get that appointment in sooner than later. Um, and then the last thing is uh, learn CPR, download Pulse Point, save a life. Um, and for those of you that missed it earlier, we talked about the Pulse Point app. Um, it's in the App Store and in Google Play. So it's Pulse Point. Um, enable your CPR notifications so that if you are nearby when a cardiac arrest happens in a public area, you're notified to respond to help provide CPR or bring that AED resource. Great. Yeah, so many, so many great things. And we've just kind of scratched the surface of sure. the things that yeah. you you do, kind of like, um, you know, an extension, exactly. some of the things that we do. They'll do everything. <laughs> I want to do the smoothie bike. That's my... Yeah, the, yes, the blender bike. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we smoothie took it to bike, the... Blender. Yeah, because yeah, you make smoothies on it. Yeah. It's a, yeah, you get on and it, uh, yeah. you pedal and it turns the yeah. rotor, which I don't can know turn how the I blender. Always miss that one, but I need, <laughs> I need to come for that one. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know when we yeah. have it out somewhere again. Mm-hmm. And the Families Reading Everyday pro- Program mm-hmm. is incredible. I've gotten help with that a few times. Yeah. And uh, that is just such a joy for me to get to go read to all the sweet little kiddos and um, just promote literacy in our county, and I think it's such an important mission. I love that the extension office does that. Um, it, I missed it this year. I had a pet emergency, but um, I uh, we could t- talk about Izzy for I a know, while. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, uh, it's such a cool thing, and so I, I don't know if you're still looking for readers or. I'd love to get to do that again, but sign up to be part of the Fred program. Read it home to your family. Um, I mean, gosh, what a better thing. I mean, like, it's just, it's amazing. Yes, the the one at Conroe Y, like I said, community-wide, anybody who wants to participate. Yeah. It's a great way to, to sign up. And um, so, and then also you can uh, listen to our uh, podcast, like I said, yeah. that came back and, um, you know, we've done once before on, on Fred. We've, we've been doing the radio show for, for a few years now. So we've got uh, a great bank of uh, shows that have lots of great information. Yeah. So where we, we highlight our people and our programs and our partnerships and uh, great people in the community like you, oh, Ashton thanks. Herring. Thanks. Thank you so much for being here today. It was great to see you, good and, to see you. and get good Always information. Yeah. And we'll be back uh, next week. And I don't remember 
Oh, we're, uh, we're going to highlight the um, Senior Community Service Employment Program uh, with Kathy Quillins and uh, some of her folks. So um, it's another great community resource um, that's here in Montgomery County. Uh, but we're here every Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. Um, on the extension hour. And then, like I said, you can listen to the podcast or hear live. And we need to go for today. So thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye.